Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Jason Roundsville here, joined as always by my co-host Dylan Ray. And we have with us the one, the only Chuck Adams. Chuck, welcome back. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be here. Hey, we are so happy to have you. I we were just talking just off camera a minute ago, and um, so you have you've had some exciting stuff happen since the last time that we've had you on. And once again, Dylan and I take one hundred percent credit that every time Chuck comes on the podcast. He goes out and shoots another world record. So far, yes. you're you're holding true to that. So you know, um, we we uh, we appreciate you being on, and I cannot wait to hear some. Jason, of the story. what do you, what do you do if he shoots a world record when we're in Oklahoma? How does that even? What what are we gonna do as as human beings? How do me and you handle that? I was gonna be a mic drop. We're just going to, that, that will be our last podcast episode. We'll I think we're like, just done. Yeah. Yeah. We quit while we're ahead on that one. Although the other way is then we could do it the other way. And we can say, Hey, you know what? Chuck has, this is his, you know, fourth or fifth world record. You know, it's just, this is his fifth time being on the podcast. It's his fifth world record. Um, you know what? If you'd like to come on the podcast and potentially shoot world records, we're taking bids. We could auction that off. I mean, if he does that while we're in Oklahoma, we're just going to just auction off the next podcast episode. Yeah. So I think we're getting to the point where we can even say, if you listen to the podcast with Chuck, you have a chance of shooting a new world record. 
I think that we're getting to that status almost. You know, Luke Brewster would would agree with that. Yeah. So, well, well, Chuck. La- last time we had you on, we were talking about your new Sitka World Record typical deer. Correct. Correct. And so this this past season, you were up. And and where what area were you hunting? Is it safe to say where you were up there? Well, I don't tell you exactly ever where I exactly where I hunt, but uh, I was in the Kodiak Island area. Kodiak Island uh, hunting, yep. and were you specifically targeting non-typicals, or were you just hunting deer? You're. I, I was targeting non-typicals, Jason. Uh, I had a guy ask me the other day uh, how on earth I could uh, do so well on non-typicals. And he said, I must be the luckiest guy in the world. And, and I told him what I'm about to tell you, um, there's only one spot. I've been to Kodiak Island 18 times. There's only one spot where I'd ever seen more than one non-typical buck. They're very, very rare in most places uh, on the island. So I went back there deliberately uh, in early August, uh, trying to find non-typicals. And I scoured the country for an entire month. Uh, and, uh, uh, I got, I did get lucky because, uh, on about the eighth of the month, I shot a, a 96 plus, uh, that's the grow the net, uh, final score deer, uh, beat Jack Frost, former world record by, uh, over six points. And then in the middle so of that month, was on day eight. That so, was, yeah. so you, you've got a month long hunt, mm-hmm. you're targeting non-typicals, which, you know, and, and I haven't hunted Sitka blacktails, but I've hunted Columbia blacktails my entire life. And I, I haven't seen, and I've seen thousands and thousands of blacktail bucks and I haven't seen five non-typicals in, in 50 years. I mean, I, they're, when, when people hear they're rare, these things are pretty rare. And I, and I've heard, very similarly that the Sitkas are, are there's places you can go and you just never see a non-typical at all. Like you're talking about. So I think it's where you targeted a specific area going for a non to, I think that's just fantastic. Well, Sitkas are very territorial. And so I reasoned before I went up there that the same deer that I might've seen in the past uh, would be there and maybe bigger but I can honestly tell you, I've only seen half a dozen non-typical Sitka deer in the last 40 years. And I went to that spot and that was the genetic uh, honey hole. Um, huh. I, I, I saw I saw another nice non-typical in the middle of the month and I got him and he scored a little over 93 points, which beats Jack's Frost by uh, over three points. Uh, and then, uh, I just kept hunting until the, the 26th of the month. And that's when I, uh, came around a corner and there was the monster, uh, the one wow. I could consider, consider the best animal I've ever shot with a bow. Uh, now, can you say that one more time? So you consider this non-typical Sitka your biggest trophy with the bow and arrow. I definitely do. Uh, everything's relative a big mule deer uh, even a big columbia blacktail is a lot bigger than a sitka deer but uh, this deer has more uh, 
net points in any Sitka ever recorded by Pope and Young in any category. Huh. Uh, it uh, crazy. it beats the old world record if the score holds at panel next month. It beats the old world record by over 27 inches. Uh, and and it's 30% larger wow. at, at the present time than Jack Frost's uh, world record. So it, it's 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 out of this world. And since I love hunting Sitka so much, uh, and know relatively what a big Sitka is, this is I think the best animal I've ever shot with a bow. Now, now just just wrong, to put that, correct me if I'm wrong, but Tim said that if the rec if if the number holds, then that's the biggest net record ever broken. It's it's broken the the current record by more than any other record that's ever been broken before. I would not be surprised. I hadn't heard that. I, I but, believe that's the yeah, the, uh, the fact. And, and and guys, again, this is all if the numbers hold up. You know, next month uh, in Reno at panel. But um, yeah, that's just insane. Uh, just yeah, to put this into perspective, I I know for a fact Chuck has over 200 animals in the record book and that's probably only a percentage of the animals that you've taken so you do you have an idea of how many animals you've taken how many big game animals you've taken with your bow i really don't uh jason uh, i'm sure it's over 500 uh when i was in california if it count wild boar which of course aren't eligible for pope and young i probably shot 200 wild boar with my bow the limit was one a day when i grew up and so that was right. the training the training gown but uh animals that would qualify by species for pope and young i'm sure it's over 500. wow wow and, and 220 exactly now are officially in pope and young okay so 220 in the books which is the number one um, over 500 big game. And I have a feeling you're being conservative on that number. Um, <laughs> uh, several world records. There's like five, is that five and six? Seven, world records? Seven, seven actually. Uh huh. And I, Fred Barrow is my boyhood hero. Uh, he had five world records. And, uh, I think the next, next one down aside for me is Jack Frost. He had two world records. Wow. And I, I just last, you know, 2021 got number six and last, uh, last year, 2022, I got it, hopefully number seven. It looks like wow. it'll hold up. So that's, that's amazing. And so I, I think, I mean, that in and of itself is, is just a tremendous story because, because you're such a storied bow hunter for decades and then when when you talk about a trophy because a lot of people will be like oh well you're you know the trophy that you're the most proud of or that stands out has to be something you know like a 70 inch moose or a you know big mule deer or a big whitetail or something and when you're talking about a a sitka blacktail being your your bit your best considered your best trophy that just that says something about how hard you've hunted them and also what it takes to go be successful you know at hunting these sick of blacktail well i almost fainted uh, on on the 26th of august it was late in the afternoon and i was climbing a hill and i looked off to my right and here's this buck about 200 yards away feeding uh, with with some other deer, and he had a 10 inch drop site drop tine on one side and points sprouting out of the bases, and the bases looked like baseball bats, and and uh, 
I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. Uh, I, I didn't think that it was possible that a Sitka buck could have that much bone on his head. Wow. Yeah. And then about two hours later, I made a big circle, got the wind right, crawled up, waited for him to stand up in his bed at 33 yards and uh, shot him right in the center of the chest. And uh, uh, I mean, nobody nobody saw me dancing all over the mountain, but I was I was making some major moves. I could tell you that is fantastic. That is. Uh, and, you know, just just a shout out, because I, I, I know the answer and they're a good partner of ours what kind of bow did you shoot this new world record with uh the bear alaskan compound bear alaskan uh, yeah i've been shooting that bow for uh, about a year and uh it there bear has a lot of good bows in their in their uh, inventory but i started hunting back in the 70s uh and and one of my first bows was the old bear alaskan uh it was mm -hmm. uh uh, 46 inches axle to axle. It was a four wheel finger bow. And uh, I'm shooting that Alaskan part because it's so sentimental to me that Bear introduced the Alaskan last year. And uh, I was able to grab the new Alaskan and go uh, hunt with it. And it's an awesome bow. I got to tell you, it's, it's scary accurate. You, and I you think know, one you of have to note, Jason, that right now, and this is something that, you know, Bear kind of, we discussed when we discuss all this, Chuck was a, a major kind of crossover point between the two of these. But right now, if you buy a bear archery bow, they're such a believer in the mission of Pope and young that they're going to personally pay for your first year's membership. All you've got to do is go register that bow. So if you've bought a bear in the past, or if you're looking at new bows, consider that because when you, when you register that bow, your bear archery is going to buy your first year's membership to Pope and young. That's, that's quite the commitment. The, you know, another thing that, that Chuck, I just, um, you know, every time we get to visit, I, I, I just become more and more in awe and I've been in awe of, of, you know, your accomplishments for, for a long, long time. And, you know, I look at this and, and for me, when you look at the bear lineup of bows, the Alaskan is not there. You could hunt it with any bow you want to hunt with that's not their top of the line, most expensive bow that they make. That is a very price minded, you know, it's quality bow, but it's not what you would consider, you know, quote unquote, their flagship, you know, of their lineup. And I look at it and I'm like, here's somebody who could shoot any bow he wants. How good is this? How, how good are the new bear bows that you're taking one that's that's in the middle of their lineup and going out and shooting two new world records, you know, two three world record quality animals in one year. That's just well, my my philosophy's always been, Jason. Simple and dependable is better uh, when you hunt. And uh, sure, I've shot top of the line bows uh, off and on my whole life, but uh, the Alaskan is simple and dependable and i mean i could hit my thumbnail at 20 yards uh, with that bow and, and the trophy ridge release that i'm using uh i don't know how you could beat that uh for no. for for no nonsense hunting uh there's very little to go wrong and everything to go right with that bow yeah well and it just goes to show you i mean you know for the for the folks that want something they want to go spend a lot of money on a boat you can do it 
but you do not have to do that. You do not have to buy the most expensive in the lineup, a high, high top quality product. I agree. And, and, and I, I'm not going to knock any high quality products. They'll get the job done too. Yeah. But like I say, I'm, I'm hunting with that Alaskan in part. Number one, anybody can uh, afford that bow. And part of my job as a writer uh, and a communicator is to try to help the general public be better bow hunters. Anybody can go out without mortgaging their house and getting that bow and, yeah. and going out and, and, and doing a, a fantastic job. And then it's, it's sentimental with me because it is the Alaskan same wow. name as the bow I shot uh, over 40 years ago. Wow. That's outstanding. I just, I love that story. I mean, it's just, well, you got a lot of stories, but that one it, to me is fantastic. And then to go out and intentionally target a certain type, I would have to look, I know at one point before we added, you've probably skewed these numbers now, but before <laughs> we added non-typical Sitka deer to the lineup, the least entered animal, more people entered polar bears and, and some of these other things than entered non-typical Columbia blacktails. Mm. And, you know, sick is new and, you know, or the sick and non-typical something we just, just brought out a couple of years ago. And so, wow, how exciting is this to, to see this movement? And for us, on the organization side of things, you know, anytime there's, there's a world record or a potential world record, there's a buzz, there's an excitement. And then all of a sudden now you're looking. So, so if we go chronologically, technically you would have broken the world record on the 8th of August. Is that right? I believe I don't, don't quote me on that. Well, you are quoting me on that. Okay. Uh, I, I think it was around the 8th of August. Yes. Okay. So around the 8th of August, you shot what, what we expect to be confirmed at panel is a new world record on well, the, the 8th of August. Uh, no, the 26th. Uh, is, uh, no, no, no. The, the first one. Yeah, the first one was scored, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, net, uh, the initial score here, the official score is 96 plus. And then my second deer in mid-August, I think it was the 17th of August, scored 93 plus. Uh, bear in mind, the, the, the world record that Jack Frost has held scored 89 and 5 eighths. So I, I beat it twice. And then uh, on the 26th of August with my, you get three deer tags in Alaska uh, on okay. Kodiak Island. So on the 26th, I had one tag left in my pocket. I was due to fly out on the 29th. And uh, that's when I ran into that monster. So it was the third deer wow. I got. Yeah. So, and then you were saying through the, is it, I know there was a, there's another rumor out there that somebody else shot one between, between your three that would have beaten your first one that beat Jack. So basically you beat a world record around the 8th of August. And then a few days later got the number two. Mm -hmm. And then at some point in time in there, somebody shot one, which would have been ahead of your current world record at that time. Mm -hmm. That then a week later you went and broke again. 
That was Bob Bob Amin, uh, okay. who's known known in known in the industry as Blacktail Bob because his favorite animal to hunt is blacktail deer, Sitka blacktail in particular. And uh, uh, I was sitting in my tent. I was in my tent uh, about sixty percent of the time with fog and driving rain. It was a horrible August, and I had to just hunt a day or two in between storms the whole time. But I was in the tent and. Uh, I talked to uh, my wife Greta on the satellite phone, and she said, "I heard that uh, uh, through Bowsight that that maybe Bob Amin had shot a deer over a hundred inches, non-typical." And I thought, "Well, there, there, that that's great for Bob. Maybe not so great for me." Uh, but uh, I was posting from from the the tent, and I posted that. Uh, 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 records are meant to be broken, and I'm happy for Bob if the score uh, holds up. And at the time, I was hearing it was about 104-inch deer, and I think it's well over 100 still. Uh, but then on on the 26th, uh, I, I shot one that blows that away. You're just like, no, I will not be overcome on this trip. No, to I'm be just... honest, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It was the 26th of August. And I was due to fly out on the 29th. And I had decided that I was going to shoot any solid Pope and Young I found. Right. Okay. At that point. And the one I found was the monster. And that that is luck. I mean, that's, I, th that's just luck. You know, uh, okay. That may be luck, but you make your own luck. Because most people aren't going to be in the right position. Most people would not have have the experience that you have to get themselves in that position to be in the area for for a buck like that so it's you know there may be some luck involved but i think a lot of times you make your own luck and when when you're on a 30-day hunt and 20 some days into it you're getting the big one Dylan, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a little easier story to hear about it, about a world record than, yeah. you know, the last one where it's like, oh man, it's the first year I saw. And I'm like, yeah. oh, stumbled upon it. <laughs> I, I could shoot a world record. It. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so, anyway. So that, that world record was broken potentially three times in one month this year, but you set the bar pretty high. I mean, 20, that, yeah there's the potential that's the what were you said the largest percentage that the world record has ever been broken by we'll have to verify that i got some of my records guys right now are cussing at us because they're like no that's confirmed let's go through panel but there's a i, I will tell you that ron najalik my buddy and uh cody measured the hard-horned current world record uh, non-typical sitka deer and um panel bump that deer up about two inches so ron really? tends to be pretty conservative on this stuff so yeah. uh my guess is his score is going to be pretty close or, or maybe even a little low for what ends up you never know what, but but ron is a conservative measure yeah that's you know and, and it's nice to hear that because i think panel in the past has gotten a bad rap um from wow you send your stuff to panel and it goes down it's because it does go the other way. And that's nice to hear that, you know, ultimately we owe it to the, to the records program to make sure that, that whatever number is printed in that book is a correct number, whatever it is. And um, so it's good to hear that, that 
that one went up a couple points. I, that's what's next. Next is I'm going to do another podcast with you guys just before hunting season. So I figure <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe my good luck with the podcast will hold. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what? We'll save you a spot anytime you want it. All right. Jason, I, 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 think I, I love, I, I just love hunting the same animals uh, that, that, that I enjoy the most over and over. I plan to go back to uh, Kodiak uh, in August again. I don't know where I'm going to go yet. I think I might have wiped out the gene pool where I was last <laughs> last August, but uh, uh, and I, hopefully I'll I'll draw an elk tag or two and uh, some pronghorn tags and mule deer tags, and yeah. uh, then I'll then I'll be of course white tail hunting uh, in uh, December Oklahoma. with you guys. Yeah, Oklahoma, darn right, Liberty Ranch. Man, that's uh, going to be great. And I'll tell them about the any, raffle, Jason. For anybody who hasn't heard of it, here is. It, it, it's I've been running raffles and giveaways and drawings and, and sweepstakes for, I mean, 30 plus years. And the ones that seem to be the coolest where people really get excited and I get excited are the ones where you can win something that you cannot buy. Cause let's face it. If you really want to go hunt whitetails in Oklahoma, you could, you can go buy a trip. But you cannot buy a trip to go hunt with Chuck Adams. So this is something you can win it. You can't buy it. It's hard to put a price on that. And I'm excited. Um, I think this is going to be great. I know the ranch is good. They're excited. Every time we talk to these guys, they're they're talking about descent. They're like, oh, man, we can't wait for everybody to get here. It's going to be such a great hunt. I know uh, we're excited about it. Um, and we're drawing this thing at convention. So, you know, we're going to have Chuck, we're going to get you up on stage and literally announce the winner live from Reno in April and man, how exciting. Cause either somebody's going to be in that room and they're going to, I mean, you think people went crazy on the prices, right? Imagine Dylan, imagine them drawing your name out yeah. to go out with Chuck. You might well, see plus, me do a well, cartwheel. Yeah. I'm plus, telling you. Plus, this is uh, this is a great place. Seven thousand acres, uh, free ranging bucks. One uh, sixties uh, are not uncommon there. Uh, I mean, that is a big deer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they manage it properly and they care. Like when you talk to some, like, I'm not saying there's outfitters that don't care, but some of them care more. You know, and yeah. and these guys. You know, they're, they're out trying to let everybody kill a world record, but they want to put quality animals in front of every person they have there. And they're like, Hey, not all bow hunters are created equal, but we've got to give you the opportunity. And that's, what's exciting is they want to give everybody the opportunity at a, at a quality animal. Mm -hmm. So let me just I say, just, I've hunted, I've hunted there twice and it's phenomenal. I twice, two years. Um, Man, I've went several times, but dude, the accommodations are incredible. Some of the prettiest cabins ever. There's not many outfitters where I take my wife and kids with me. Um, just because it's not comfortable. There's not, uh, but this place, dude, is as far as accommodations go, world class. Yeah. Hey, Dylan, how we ask everybody on this show, what is one non-traditional item that you take with you? Yeah. 
And you know how I always avoid answering that? Yep. I have my answer. What is it? If, if I went in, if I went out with Chuck Adams, you know what I'm bringing? A Sharpie. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm getting everything signed. That's Chuck, just have, you like, ever signed any, have you ever signed anybody's forehead? Have you ever autographed a forehead? <laughs> no, no, but several other body parts. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I had a guy, I had a guy at, at the Harrisburg Sports Show come up and, and he wanted me to sign his cheek. And, and uh, I said, well, why on earth? He said, I'm going to go right out and get that tattooed in. If you could believe that, uh, I never saw him again, no but uh, he had tattoos all over his body already. So I assume he went ahead and did it. I'm wow. telling you, if, if you have either a Pope and young or a Chuck Adams tattooed on your person, you get a hold of Dylan, Dylan at Pope-young.org. And we want to have you on the show. So if you're listening, you have either a Chuck Adams tattoo or a Popang tattoo or a Jason or Dylan tattoo, or, you know, we'll open that up too. So uh, um, I was at a training years ago and it was a general manager's conference. I think it was in Dallas, Texas, and it was this company. And they said, you know what? Our, our goal is we want to be legendary. We, you know, we want to be the type of company and the, the example they use is Harley Davidson. They said, Harley Davidson, it's a legend. It transcends the brand. People tattoo this on their selves. Mm -hmm. So when, I mean, how does that feel to be the kind of living legend that somebody would tattoo your signature on their person? I thought That's it was gotta make you feel it was kind of weird, kind of weird, I think, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah. That's, uh, he, you know, somebody wouldn't do that if there wasn't a lot of respect involved. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, so. I saw another guy at a show that had, had my name. Um, he, had a, he had kind of a buzz cut and he had my name uh, uh, in his hair. It, it was uh, shaved into his head, which, which was <laughs> interesting too. Uh, so uh, it happens. It happens. Yeah. It's, it's flattering. It's, it's definitely flattering. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Man. Dylan, anybody tattoo your name on them yet? No, uh, not at all. Okay. All right. I don't well, think I could pay anyway. somebody. Nope. Well, maybe we do that. Let's get a tattoo person, bring them to Reno. And we'll, if you want to have a Pope and Young tattoo or a Chuck Adams tattoo, we'll pay for it. Yeah. I like and it. Then I think that'd be cool. Um, maybe we'll look at that. I'm probably not getting one, but I still think it's cool. <laughs> um, so what, I mean, what other experiences have you had like that? So. Uh, a lot of people want me to sign on their arm, you know, or, or their t-shirt uh, uh, or their hand. Uh, I autograph all kinds of archery items. That's the most common thing. Uh, release aids and, and finger gloves and, arm guards and stuff like that. Uh, and a lot cool. of you'll bows. Be, you'll be signing my bow when we're there in, uh, yeah. in Oklahoma. Yeah. A lot, lot of bows. I'm going to bring a hat. I don't usually wear a white hat when I'm big game hunting, but I might just so it stands out. That's what I'm talking about. That's there you uh, go. Hold on, Jay. I got to grab something. All right. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good story. Mm -hmm. So, well, just, just real quick while Dylan's grabbing something, 
Um, if you don't have your tickets to hunt with the living legend, Chuck Adams, we, we still have some available online. Look at that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great book. I'll tell you what, if you, if you're a bow hunter and you haven't read this book, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go check this, this, this one out. This stays beside my dad's bedside. I'm like, dad, that's kind of weird, but he it's, it's right beside his bed. So I can read it every night. It's a great book. Yeah. Phenomenal yeah. book. So anyway, especially we, when it's signed. Yeah, no kidding. Um, no, I can't wait. I, I think either, either somebody's going to be literally doing cartwheels up to the front of that stage in Reno when we draw this, or when we call somebody and we'll do a fake, Dylan, we'll do a face live on that and we will let Chuck say, if, if they don't answer or if they do, hi, this is Chuck Adams. You want to go hunting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine getting that call. And there then it's go. like, uh, then it's like, uh, you know, would you rather get that call and answer it and, and actually get the phone call from Chuck Adams saying, Hey, you want to go hunting? And you're like, absolutely. Or. <sighs> Would you rather miss the call so you have that on your voicemail and you literally have that on voicemail forever? Hey, the rest of your this life. Is Chuck Adams. I'm looking for, you know, Jim Smith. Jim, you want to go you want to go bow hunting with me? I mean, how cool would that be? Yeah. I'd play sure. that everywhere. I would do a loop <laughs> of that at ATA. So yeah, here's my oh, let me play voicemail. Here's Chuck Adams inviting me hunting in Oklahoma for Whitetails. By so, the way, anyway. you could you could go on my website, chuckadamsarchery.com and uh and order order books and other things autographed uh if you so desire. So little, say that one again, there. Chuck. Chuckadamsarchery.com is my website. And you can order things like autograph books and posters and, and other items on there. Uh, and excellent. we will put the link for that raffle. If you just want to if you want to buy your tickets for that raffle, it's in the description of this episode. Um, if you're on YouTube, just scroll down to the description, anywhere you're listening to this, it's in the description. So you can buy your tickets guys. We're talking 20 bucks. Like we're not talking hundreds of dollars. We're talking the best 20 bucks you could ever spend because for 20 bucks, you could be shooting giant white tails with Chuck Adams. Yeah. Best 20 bucks you ever spend. There's been a lot of activity on, uh, uh, my social media, uh, over this raffle, uh, Chuck Adams archery official, uh, for both, uh, Instagram and Facebook. And, uh, a lot of people are saying they've already purchased tickets. Yeah. It's awesome. It's exciting. Mm. And it's, like I said, it's one of those things. It's neat to be able to win something you can't buy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so anyway, for the stuff you can buy, check out, we'll put a link to, to Chuck's site up there too. Dylan, if you take care of that, that'd be great. And then they can go sure can. check out what, what Chuck has to offer. How many years have you been bow hunting? 57 57 and i know that because uh, you need to put that down on the uh, info sheet with your entries and so i had to go back oh, and look, go. look this year yeah and, and it's 57 57 yeah. and yeah. what do you remember what year you entered your first animal in pope and young i do not uh, uh i didn't enter animals for a while um and Jim Doherty, the president of Pope and Young years and years ago, encouraged me to do that. I'm guessing uh, I shot my first Pope and Young animal in the 1970s. 
I probably entered in the mid eighties. Uh, the first one, it was a moose, a moose from British Columbia. And I shot that moose with the old bear Alaskan bow. Nice. Yeah. That's incredible. Now, do you, do you ever, I, I know with the sick kid blacktail, you just love hunting them. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever look through the book and say, you know what? That's a world record that I think can be broken and just say, I'm going to go try that. Have you ever thought about that? I have uh, four of the seven world records. I, if assuming the seventh one is the world record, right. uh, four of the seven were deliberately targeted like that. Uh, I broke the world record on Sitka deer in 1986, uh, a hard horned typical buck. And I deliberately thought that record could be broken. Uh, Mountain caribou in the mid 90s, I went back 10 years to try to break the world record on Mountain caribou because I knew it could be done. And, and finally, I got it done in 1995. Uh, the, the bison that I shot in Arizona in the year 2000 was targeted. Uh, I deliberately went after that because I thought Pete Shepley's record, which had stood for a number of years, could be broken. And then this this last one, uh, if it if it holds up, uh, number seven. Uh, I typically I I deliberately went after non typical deer. Nice. Yeah. Now now when you're counting seven, does that include both of the the non typicals, or are you just including the one? No, I'm just talking the genuine. It provided, which I think is likely to happen, provided this seventh one becomes the world record. I'm counting ones that are are official world records. Uh, okay. the, the, the Sitka buck from 1986 was the official world record. Uh, I shot a cow's white-tailed deer in Arizona in 1989 that became the official world record, typical deer. The the mountain caribou in, in the mid-90s that I mentioned, the, the bison in... Uh, 2000 i mentioned then the world record uh, uh american elk that i shot in montana in the year 2000 um that was again that i didn't go after that direct, uh, on purpose i mean you don't stumble onto an animal that big that gross scored over 430 uh, you know that was just just an accident that i ran into i was hunting a good area but that was it uh, so yeah all of those are official and then of course 2001, my my velvet uh, typical Sitka that we've talked about before, uh, that was not on purpose. I just came around a corner, and as I told you guys then, it was the first year I saw that trip. <laughs> That's great. That gives funny. all of us inspiration. Yeah, it gives yeah. all of us hope for getting a world record. Yeah. Yes, right. it does. That's um, I don't know, Dylan. I'm telling you, if I shoot a world record on the eighth. And then I shoot a bigger one on the 28th. I'm counting that as two. <laughs> I'm counting that as I'm saying that's seven and eight. And we, we, you know what? We should call Tim and Roy and we should say, guys, when you measure everything at panel, measure this one first. So you have a world record announcement. That's been a topic then, of discussion. Like, I know it has. That, how do you do it? Like, I, we're the marketing guys. So for us, it's pretty easy. It's like, that's two separate world records. You broke it and then you broke it again, man. And then Bob Chuck, may have one in the middle there. So it may be Chuck three. It, there you Chuck go. is single-handedly giving us 
uh, too much press, like single-handedly yeah. feeding us too much bow hunting news for a day. Yeah. And you know, Hey, here's another piece of news. If, if you're ever interested in hunting sick and blacktail deer, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a tip. A Chuck's coming to convention and I've never known him not to, to visit with folks that were interested. Number two, we have Bob Amin and Frank Noska doing a seminar on how to hunt blacktail deer. So if you, if you want to get the best information that you can get in the entire world, you want to be in Reno for this convention. I don't know. I mean, where else could you go to get that kind of knowledge? And you know, for me, what's invaluable is you go to some of these big shows and it's inevitable. You know, those guys are kind of closed off. They, you know, they have certain times where you can come talk to them at certain booths and you know, all that good stuff. But at Pope and young, like you sit down and you're like, Oh, I'm having dinner with Frank or, Oh, here's Tom Miranda that just sat next to me. Like, yeah, they're so accessible. And so just ready to talk bow hunting with anybody and everybody. I, I literally had a guy and he said, man, I would love to come, but it's not like I'm going to get a chance to talk to those guys. I'm like, trust me, you will. Like if, if you want to yeah. talk to them, you can talk to them. Yeah. I, I had somebody in there talking about Jack Frost. He's, I mean, another legendary bow hunter guy. Who's, who's, I mean, he's done things with the bow and arrow. Most of us can't even imagine. And some of them, he was a, one of the first guys to do it. And I had somebody talk to me and I think it was after Omaha. And he says, man, you'll never believe it. I, I sat down and I was just having a conversation with this guy and I'm telling him all about my hunting and he was genuinely interested. And then I forgot to introduce myself and I, I said, hi, I'm so-and-so. And he says, Oh, hi, I'm Jack Frost. And he's like, what do you say when you're bragging to Jack Frost about your bow hunting prowess? He's like, can I just have that one back? But, uh, it was kind of neat because he's like literally he just sat down didn't didn't recognize Jack apparently and was just having a conversation with him and how cool is that? It's the nice thing about Pope and Young is uh, the convention is uh, uh, very relaxed and like you know Jack the last time I was there uh, Jack was floating around the floor every day talking to folks yeah. uh frank noska was bob amin uh, was uh uh it, it's it's very even when uh, uh donald trump jr was there he was accessible he was walking yeah. around he was the keynote speaker and uh he wasn't sequestered in his room except when he was on stage uh yeah. for uh, a buddy of mine and cody has a picture with him uh, at the convention. So, uh, that's just the way it is there. It's, it's an awesome event. Yeah. I have a picture with him. Cause I threatened my buddy. Dad. I'm like, if you do not get a picture of me sitting next to Donald Trump for junior for dinner, I said, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> so that's, right. uh, no, it's neat. And it's, it is, you know, you guys bring up a good point. I I've been around the industry for a long time. I've been to conventions everywhere and I've never seen, I've never seen it to where it is kind of inclusive it, it, to the point. It's almost the opposite of what we're known. We're, we're quote unquote known for, you know, Pope and young is supposedly this ultra exclusive club. 
et cetera, et cetera. And, and while it's not necessarily easy to get, well, it's easy to become a member. It's not necessarily easy to get in the record books, but it is the opposite of exclusive when you're at con convention, when you're at convention, everybody's there for the same thing. I mean, you just go out and, and start talking to anybody and, and it probably was, it, it's probably the most, the one that is most like that and, and probably the most opposite of what a lot of people would probably expect it to be more than anything else that I'm aware of. Right. Well, you're talking, you're talking down to earth people. Uh, yeah, the, the people there are just down to earth, good people. And and then the, the displays, I mean, the displays of the big animals alone are worth the trip. Uh, I just walk around with my, my jaw drop looking at the caribou and the moose and, and the big, big elk and mule deer and other critters. It's amazing. Yeah, I it, just a note on the on the display this year. So last time we had 125. Oh man, here's a challenge. Don't I'm gonna throw this challenge at Tim. Okay, so Chuck, knowing that you potentially broke world record by the largest margin in the history of world records, I think we're pretty darn close to doing that with our animal displays. Last time I think we had 125 or 128. And there's some tremendous trophies. That ballroom was full. This year, we're looking at upwards of 170 plus trophies. Oh, wow. So you're talking about a, what is that, a 35% increase? I'm going to throw a challenge out to Tim. Insane. I'm going to say, I'm challenging you to get a big trophy display increase than what Adams breaks the world record by percentage wise. <laughs> so. <laughs> And Noah, Tim, he's going to glam onto that. He'll love that. So that's, uh, so Chuck, have, have you looked recently? What's, what's the next world record that's most likely to, to fall in your opinion, or what's the most attainable perhaps? Boy, that's tough to say, you know, mountain caribou is still, uh, very, very breakable. Uh, the problem with mountain caribou is the hunting areas are very limited and it's very expensive to go anymore. Uh, but uh, I broke the world record in 1995 and then it was broken again one time a few years later, but only by about three inches. And there mm -hmm. are bigger mountain caribou running around every year uh, the, than the current world record. Uh, I think that's one of the most attainable ones, but mm -hmm. You've got to hire a guide and, and you've got to pay some money uh, uh, to even have an opportunity to, to do that. Um, I think Sitka deer is still there. I, I think there's opportunity in in all four categories. Maybe the least, uh, hopefully the least being the one that I just shot, but uh, 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 th th there's bigger animals running around uh, out there. Maybe not every year, but when they have a good winter uh, and the antlers get five to 10% bigger, I think it's, it's a possibility still. Now, how about, I, I know I was looking through and uh, keep in mind, I'm still chasing my first world record of my seven or none, whichever that ends up being. And, uh, as I was looking through the book, I, I believe 
especially with these these velvet categories, when you look, I believe it's the moose, the Canada moose. Um, it just seems like there are some some world records in there now that we've added velvet that have the potential for somebody to go to go get them. And I know some of these animals, there's not a big window for for harvesting velvet. Mm-hmm. You know, so, some of these places, if you don't get a big mature animal in the first, like, you know, like white tails. Yeah. First few days or maybe the first week, all of a sudden they're, they're gone. You just don't have the opportunity. So, well, Jason, I think that is important to know, like the importance of, of entering your animals. We, we were at, um, ATA just, you know, two weeks ago and we ran into this kid and we were talking with him, hanging out and we're actually going to head there and hunt, um, in Kentucky together. But this kid was like, yeah, dude, I've got this big of a deer velvet with my bow. And I'm like, I like look at the in the you know trophy search. I'm like, dude, that's top three all time. Yeah, for velvet whitetails. And he's like, are you serious? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna go get it entered. And I'm like, why didn't you do that in the first place? Like <laughs> you would have known that in the first yeah. place. Like some of these guys have massive animals and they don't even realize what they have, you know. But when you get it measured, it just authenticates everything. Like there, there is yeah. no more like dispute there is no more arguing with your buddies over who has the biggest deer no mine's 100 percent verified like this is yeah. what it scores yeah it's like oh i i shot a you know officially measured entered certified you know 185 so you know what you know how big that is that's 185 185 and then your your buddy who shoots a 240 you know what that officially measured is nothing, nothing. probably a 160 I mean, and, and yeah. you see them, you see people are, Oh yeah, I got a 200 inch mule deer. And you're like, that's, that's 145. That's not a 200 inch mule deer. Oh, well, my guide told me this. Well, you, yeah, you okay. hadn't tipped him yet either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, and I hear that I hear, you know, and, and this is, I know there's, there's good outfitters out there and taxidermists that probably are official measures, but I'll tell you what, the two numbers, when I hear them, that are the most off and they're never lower is like, if you have your, your guide measure something, he has a vested interest for you to be happy. And a lot of people, the bigger, the number, the happier they are. And this, the other one is a tax service. Like if he tells you it's a 200 inch buck, you're going to have it mounted. If he tells you it's 164 and two eights, yeah, maybe I'll think about it. So, I mean, you know, I'm not saying there aren't great ones out there. And I know we have official measures that do that, but I'll tell you what, I've seen some, some, uh, you know, backdoor scored stuff from those guys that have been, I mean, 20, 30 inches off. Well, I looked at an elk, I looked at an elk last year that the, uh, outfitter told the guy was, uh, 404 inches. It was a non-typical elk. And he had never had it officially measured. And I'm not an official measure, but I kind of know how to measure. And yeah. I put a tape, I put a tape on it. That elk was uh uh 355. Which and, is a and, tremendous bolt. That, but that's that was not the growth score. That was the growth score. And I didn't even so, check on the net, but yeah, I, I what a huge difference, right? 50 inch difference. Yep, yep. And the guy believed it. 
What what did did you ever tell him what it really I did was? not. I did not. I didn't want to break his heart. I told him he should go get it officially measured. Uh, uh yeah. but it was a gun bowl too, so it, it you know it wouldn't have even made the record book. My my biggest yeah. thing is so many people message the the Pope and Young Instagram and they're like, Hey, what do you think this will score? And I'm like, Well, first off, we're not in the whole thinking game. Like Pope and Young doesn't play the what do we think it scores game. And if we did, I'm not the guy to guess it. Like I'm I'm not the one that's right. going to do that for you because my answer is big enough. Like that's what you know. Um, that's but, a tag you know, puncher. We call those they, tag punchers. That's what they want. They just want somebody to say, "Oh, it's this." That way they can run off and tell people that. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I can't tell you what it scores because I'm not good at that. But what I can tell you is that it's worth being measured because it's going to make it. Like I can look at a 150 whitetail and say, you know what? I don't know what it's going to score, but I can tell you that it'll make our books. So you should definitely have it entered. Um, that's yeah. what, that's what I'll tell you. And then you can see throughout history where it compares with the rest of the animals. And that's yeah. that's my answer to all of them is like, we don't have to guess. Do pay your 40 bucks, get it officially measured. And for the life of that book, for the rest of history, there's no guessing. There's no, I well, yeah, my guy told me it scored. No, it scores 150. Yeah. Look right here. Yeah. One, one thing I one thing I've always liked about Pope and Young is the precision with which those animals are scored too. Uh compared to other record books, I won't mention any other record clubs, but specifically, but Pope and Young has always been the most precise. I don't think I've ever seen a mistake made uh, in the record book entries. Uh the 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 the, the multiple person panels verify everything in the largest animals. And when you get your final score, that is the right score. Uh, and well, and if that, you look that, on our website, I was just on the website and I looked at world records when Jason asked the question, "What world records do we think can be broken?" At the top of that website, it says every single one of these have been verified at panel, and there will mm -hmm. not be anything listed right. here that has not been verified at panel. Mm -hmm. Nothing here will will ever just be listed because well, we believe Chuck and his his entry fee. That that's not this will be verified before it's announced and put up as a world record. And that to me speaks volumes about, you know, Tim and the rest of the, the, uh, the measures that we have and, and, and Roy, I mean, that just, it just goes to show how seriously they take these numbers. It's not a, a guessing game. It's not a, something to just be thrown around. So, and that's too, you know, if you look at a potential world record, these just happen to come in and we had a panel coming up. But if somebody were to shoot one next year without a panel coming up, we special panel those animals. We fly people in. We fly Tim or Roy to a location with hopefully some local measures so that it, we don't charge people for that. That's something that we cover. And it's not like, oh, well, it's 40 bucks to enter your animal unless it's a potential world record. And then we've got to charge 850 so that we can fly somebody over to panel measure it. I mean, those are cut. That's how particular we are and how seriously we take this is that you know the these are things that if we don't have a panel coming up we'll create one for a potential world record which so. is exactly what you guys did with my uh, uh world record typical sitka in 2001 i yes. shot that deer in august and in early december i drove to rock springs wyoming where a five-person panel uh, rescored that deer because uh, if you wait too long, velvet animals tend to keep shrinking and you guys wanted to verify the score as quickly as possible. 
Yeah. And, and that's really important. Uh, Roy, Roy and every, and Tim and everybody else, they're awesome about uh, making sure that things are scored properly and in a reasonable time frame. Yeah. That's probably why I'm not a measure. You too, Dylan, because we're kind of like, oh man, sure. You know, it's an eighth. Yeah, we'll round up. But man, those guys are, yeah. you, you mentioned precision. It is, I'm not a finished carpenter and like, I'm not I, a measure. When I hang something on the wall, like if it's, you know, a quarter inch, three quarters inches even, I mean, just nail it up. Who cares? It yeah. might be off a little bit, but, and, and dude, like I got to experience panel and those guys like, oh my gosh, dude, I'd let them work. I'd let them do surgery on me. They're precise. Yeah, they're, it's, it's amazing. And they take such pride in it. I'm not so sure that some of these measures, I mean, we got some amazing measures. I mean, guys that do hundreds of animals and intricate animals. I mean, just, just all kinds of stuff. These guys take a pride in this. Like if they had shot at them, so like, like there is as much pride in getting that animal measured correctly as there is in getting that animal based in the back of the truck. It's, it's, it. Having been around it now, it just amazes me at the professionalism of these guys. And there, there are measures, our official measures. They're all volunteers. They pay their own way to come take a four-day, three- or four-day measuring course to learn how to do the intricacies of everything. Whitetails, mule deer, elk. And as a novice guy, I was shocked that because I was figured, oh, well, whitetails are probably pretty basic. You know, they have a certain platform and one of the most intricate uh, because of the, the numbers of variations you see and it. And it's just, and then you see some of this non-typical stuff. And I mean, the one that I use as an example on that is that butcher buck. That thing to me looked like a bomb went off on the top of some poor deer's head. Mm -hmm. And we had three teams panel measure that and all, was it two eights or three eights? So on, on, what 300 inches of antler knowing that a 1% variation would be three inches. I believe they were within three, eight, all three combined. The, wow. the spread between all three was three eighths of an inch. And I'm like, that's insane. You know, Jason, I just, I just recently experienced that where I got off the phone and he had no idea who I was. I didn't tell him who I was, who I worked for, what I did for a living. Um, but I called one of our measures. I got on, uh, search for a measure of the closest ones, like two and a half hours. And, uh, I was like, Hey, uh, his name's Marvin Whitehead. So Marvin, if you ever listen to this, keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, but I called him and I said, Hey, my name's Dylan Ray and I live two and a half hours from you. So I want to bring all of my, I've got six. I want to bring to you and get measured. Um, and he's like, okay, yeah, that'd be, we could do that. And I'm like, I said, but I also have three buddies and we just want to load all of them up because we do have to travel two and a half hours. We just want to do it all, you know, get them all there. I'm like, I think we have 32 trophies we want to bring. And, uh, he was like, well, that's going to take me a couple days. Um, but yeah, I'm all yours for the two days you need me. And I was just like, man, like here's this guy just gets a random phone call. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you and your buddies come up. I'll spend two days measuring all of your animals without getting paid a dime because I'm so passionate about 
this. And I was just like, deal, done, we'll be there. But that's the kind of commitment that I was just like, I literally got off the phone and I like looked at all my friends and I'm like, I'm proud of our measures. Like yes. that made me that made me proud to say that's one of our measures. Yeah. And the experience that some of these people have is amazing. I was talking to Larry Strife the other day, a senior member in the uh, still he's still listed as a curator of the Pope and Young Museum. Yes. Although the, the stuff has been moved uh, to Bass Pro Shop now. Larry, I don't don't hold me to this, but I think he told me he'd been at 27 uh oh my uh, panel gosh. measuring sessions in Best. a row. In a row. He'd never missed wow. one. He'd never missed one. Still has I mean, it. You, no, still, no, you think that guy doesn't have experience uh oh. at measuring every kind of animal known to man? It's yeah. just amazing. He was on I think I think he was on the one that measured the butcher buck, the team that did the I, butcher buck. I think one of the panels was Larry Strife in in uh um uh, Glenn, Glenn Heisey, yeah, Heisey, uh huh. And you look at Glenn Heisey and Larry Strife. If there are two people who know more about measuring out there, I don't know who they are. And I you believe look at these I, guys. I was standing there watching this, and Roy walks up over my shoulder, and he's like, "You'll never see anything like that again." Those two guys right, right. there. You'll never see that again. And I was just like, "Wow!" Like, it's serious, man. Yeah. So that's. Uh, it, no, it is. It's it's impressive. I've been around a, a couple of panels now, and the 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 precision dedication. It's like like I said, it's un unlike anything that I thought it would be like. Yeah, it's definitely it is definitely not a tailgate measuring. You know where you slap a tape on something. And say, oh yeah, it's a, it's four oh four elk. Yeah, it's three fifty five. But who's counting? Well, it, Pope yeah. and Young's it, counting. And then you get a beautiful uh, uh, certificate uh, after it's measured. And if you want to pop a little extra money, you can just get a gorgeous uh, uh, laser laser engraved uh, hardwood plaque to put on the wall with the, with the whole. How many score plaques sheet. do you got, Chuck? How many plaques are you are you rocking? Well, I've got a hundred two hundred and twenty uh, certificates. Have you got uh, a plaque for all of them? Uh, no, I don't have plaques for any of them, but oh. I told, I told Greta the other day, oh, you mean the plaques that are presented at Pope and Young? I yes. couldn't even tell you how many, uh, awards I've got. Uh, wow. It's, hey it's, Dylan, it's, let's it's just say a, that. Yeah. Chuck didn't have to buy lumber to build his last cabin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I will have seven animals. That was a good one, Jay. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and it's, and it'd be good hardwood too. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to have seven at panel. I'm going to have year. seven at, at all six of my last two years. Uh, Sitka deer will be at Pope and Young, uh, the one world record's already been paddled, and the other five will be paddled. And then I have a wow. uh, a Wyoming bison that's to be measured there. Uh, so so uh, I do have quite a few plaques. But when I I want to have my world record animal uh, measuring forms uh, uh, laser engraved in wood uh, here in the next few months. Uh, I was talking to Greg about that the other day because those displays are so awesome to look at. Wait until you see. We're redoing our our trophies this year. Oh, really? And so before okay. you go out and get anything done, uh -huh. 
check them out because they are going to be hot. They, I, I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to say, wow, I was going to go have something laser engraved and this is cooler. The, it's they awesome. Literally like, you know, it's neat. And a lot of what's cool about that is it's, it's a world record or even a top five animal for a panel. Is, that's an impressive feat, mm -hmm. but the new ones, um, Jim Willems, past president, Merrick Compton, uh, board member, uh, Chris in our office, they have gone out. They've sourced some new trophies, some new plaques, and these things are hot. These are the kind yes. of things that you want to display because they just look gorgeous. So I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I hope so. If not, let me know because we want, we that's what we want. We want somebody saying, well, heck yeah, I'm going to put that on my wall next to my trophy because it looks Well, we've gorgeous. always said, we've always said it's your animal is worth getting entered. Like you deserve yeah. it to that animal to get entered. And so, you know, I remember being part of that conversation. It was like, these animals are worth that. Like they deserve this incredible plaque. Like they, they deserve us to build this for them. And so we are, uh, we are stepping up our game. So we're, uh, oh, that's great. And this is for first, second, third, honorable mention, all of them. Is that, yes. is that correct? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the whole, whole line, our court, you know, uh, some of the other folks, we can't do it without, you know, convention be happening without our outfitter partners and, mm. you know, the raffle, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to hold raffles and some of the things we do without our outfitter partners. Mm. Um, we've, we've, we're stepping up those awards. We're stepping up the corporate partners. You know, if, if we don't have the, the Faradines and the bear archeries and the scent locks and the Baku bikes, if, if, these companies aren't stepping up for bow hunting. We can't do what we need to do to preserve, promote, and protect. And so, um, it, you know, we looked at it and, and we, we recognized and the board had the foresight to say, you know what, we're better than what we're giving out mm -hmm. and we need to show that. That's so awesome. So look we've redone them. Yeah. I'll look forward to uh, when Greta and I attend the convention in Reno. I'll look forward to yeah. seeing those. Yeah. Are you going to drive to that so you have enough room for all your plaques? I, I am going to drive to that because I the last the last plan is for me to take my animals to Reno driving, uh, have them paneled, bring them all back, and then drive them back to the convention in April because – the the containers for those animals i don't think i could get in my vehicle okay. uh, and, and shipping is a pain in the butt so uh yeah i'm planning to drive there okay are you driving down to panel or i i heard you may have somebody else deliver some stuff for you you're asking uh, me yes no i'm driving to panel uh ron oh ron, you are excellent ron Najalik uh, was honored to be one of the uh panel measures this year and uh so he and i are going to drive to reno together in february i'll drop my animals off and then i'll pop over the hill into california and see my 99 year old mo mom uh nice yeah and then come back and pick ron up after paneling is over i say okay. 99 she'll she'll be 99 uh in in may but she's almost there that's great yeah and that you you never convinced her to move to wyoming 
she doesn't like the idea of any anything below 60 degrees Fahrenheit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She still lives alone. She still was uh, self-sufficient at 98 and three quarters years old. So yeah. Um, now is your didn't did your mom ever hunt? Mom hunted with a rifle. Uh she never hunted with a bow. I'm the only bow hunter in my family. Huh. Uh, my dad was a gun nut. Uh uh, the, my favorite story about my mom was she and dad were out hunting the blacktail migration in California one year, and she had a little 25, 35 lever action rifle and a buck came running by and she just slammed it and it went down and they went down there. Dad looked at her rifle. He said, you forgot to flip up the, the tang peep sight. And she just, she just holds that deer down without sights. <laughs> just she totally just, stick. She did a Fred Asbell. So she nice. Did she rifle. just looked yeah. over and winked. She didn't yeah, say yeah. anything. Girl's she just a winked. straight killer. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Careful how you talk to me, hubby. That's, <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's right. Yeah. That's outstanding. Yeah. So, well, that's, I, I'm, uh, any, you know, for, for people who are coming up and, you know, they, they look at this and they, and they think, holy smokes, I, I can't imagine going out and chasing world records like this. What, what kind of words of, of encouragement or wisdom do you have for those folks, Chuck? I would just say the important thing is that you have fun. And, and like, like the old saying goes, 80% of success is showing up. So yeah. just, just get out there, have fun. Um, uh, when I started bow hunting, you were asking earlier how many uh, big game animals I've shot with a bow. Um, when I started out, I hunted three years before I even uh, uh, had a chance to shoot a deer. Uh, and I didn't think I'd ever see an arrow go into a deer. So when I shot that little fork at Orn Buck when I was 16 years old, I was so thrilled you can't even believe it. Uh, it, it, the size of the trophy is is between your ears uh, when it boils everything boils down and uh any animal is a big game animal uh, that's a big game animal is a trophy animal if it's a trophy to you if it's a doe or a cow elk or whatever i would just say go out and have fun uh if you end up like me wanting more and more challenge then you could start being picky about what you shoot because you can hunt less hunt more and kill less and uh uh, that that's the important thing. And then at some point, maybe you'll say, you know what, I want to try to break a world record and I'm going to burn my tag if I don't do it. And you will probably burn your tag, but uh, if, if that's what turns your crank, then do it. Yeah. That's, um, so next to the sick of blacktail, what is, I, I know you mentioned earlier, you had a, a bunch of tags you're hoping for this year. If you could pick one, if you say, you know what, I want this tag, or at least for what animal would you would you pick the tag? It would be the Montana elk tag, non-resident elk tag. You have to you have to get the license, and then you have to get the permit. It's two two separate things that you have to get. The last time I had that combo was 2018. Uh, I used to be able to hunt elk in Montana every year. Like back in 2000, when I shot the the former world record, uh, I've got some great places to go. As, as you guys know, Steve Felix uh, has one of those unreachable, I believe, world records in Yellowstone yeah. elk that he shot in Montana in the general area where I like to hunt. 
I would love to go back and hunt elk there again. Uh, I've got 16 bonus points uh, this year for the elk permit, but I'm not sure I'll get the uh, big game license. Uh, it might be 2024 or 2025, but that's the one. If there's one tag I want, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so of all the world records that you're looking at, what do you think is, are there any out there that, that are just unbreakable? I really think Corky Richardson's uh, world record bison might be unbreakable. It scores 129. And uh, he broke my world record, which was 118. Um, you got to understand the the Boone and Crockett world record for bison is only 136. So okay. he's seven inches. And that was shot in the 1920s in Yellowstone Park when they could wow. still hunt in Yellowstone Park. That might be unbreakable. I think Steve Felix's world record elk might never be broken. Uh, and, you, and, and Dylan was talking about people not knowing what they have. Steve told me he didn't know what he had when he shot that elk. He took it to the taxidermist and the guy said, oh my gosh. And, and, and Steve was saying, it's a nice elk, but he had no idea that it was yeah. going to blow away the world record. Uh, uh, I mean, my world record was 409. And then there was one that was a few inches above that. And then Steve comes along and gets a 430 net elk. I mean, it, I, I doubt if that'll ever be broken. Yeah. You yeah. know, the one that just, I don't know if it amazes me, but, but I guess surprises me is, and I believe that it's our longest standing world record. And that is a typical whitetail. That's the Mel Johnson buck. Mm -hmm. right. And so you look at the, this is the number one animal entered into Pope and Young records by far. By far, it's like the far and away number one animal. Mm -hmm. And then you look at that and, and you're just like that one. It, it's impressive how long that thing has held up, knowing how many people are out there with a chance to, to, to break it every year. And that was shot. What in the fifties or sixties, wasn't it? Sixties. Yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was 62 yeah. or something. And there are so many. Well, you have a separate book this year for whitetail entries, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, because there are so many. You would think somebody would eclipse that. But with that kind of track record, you you might be right. might never be broken. Yeah. I, yeah. I, By I the just... way, episode 39 of the Pope and Young podcast, we had Steve Felix on, and it's an incredible story. So um, jump back to episode 39 and listen to Steve Felix talk about that world record. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. I had the chance to talk to him the year he was crowned world record with his elk, and uh, that's cool. Uh, he's a down to earth, just an awesome bow hunter. Yeah, yeah, he is. And you know, uh, I I don't know if it was the first. I think the first time I met Steve was on a mountainside in Idaho at a mountain archery festival. And here's a guy shot world records. He's literally up on the mountain with a couple of his buddies coming in and, and shooting the course, you know, shooting 3d courses in the off season, you know, keeping sharp for that next one. Mm -hmm. And then he comes up and he says, Oh, and, and we start talking. And then you realize who he is and you're like, well, how cool is that? Mm -hmm. And he yeah. had just actually, he had just shot the, the Pope and young world record course that features his elk. So that was kind of a neat deal. 
That is cool. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, he's a serious bow hunter and he took that elk on, as you guys know, on public land. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's the kind of success story that everybody can be, uh, happy to hear. Yeah. It yeah. gives the rest of us hope. You just never know, mm -hmm. but well, well, Chuck, I'll tell you what, I am, uh, I'm so glad to to get a chance to visit with you and and have you on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, you know, congratulations on another tremendous season and some tremendous trophies. And uh, you know, I, I think the thing that stands out for me is that this is the one that you consider your greatest, you know, greatest trophy. That I mean, that says a lot right there. Well, thank you. It's great to be with you, Jason. Great to be with you, Dylan. Uh, and uh, I could tell you, I have that head sitting on the dresser in my bedroom. Uh, and I look at it every night before I go to bed. And and I have a position the way that deer looked at me before I shot him. Really? And I get chills every night looking at that deer. Uh, it, it just That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Dylan, we're going to see it here. What? Two, two, three weeks. Yeah. Panel. Not Can't long. Wait. We're going to get to see uh, a bunch of your trophies and and uh, visit with a lot of the measures when we had Torino for panel. And, and uh, folks, if you're out there, um, there's some great opportunities coming up. This Reno convention is one you do not want to miss. It is the biggest display of animals we've ever had. Um, we have, I can, I'm not going to throw out a number, but the number of potential world records that could be announced from Reno this year is bigger than ever um and that's if they only count chucks once i count them twice but anyway um world records announced we have lineups we have guest speakers i mean you want to talk about blacktail hunt we got bob amin and frank noski you want to talk about i mean whatever it is we have some of the best of the best coming in to give seminars and talks and we're very proud of the program we put together. We've got some world-class entertainment coming in. I mean, it's going to be a great time. You do not want to miss convention. If for some reason you cannot miss convention, um, we have the living legend raffle where you can come hunting with Chuck Adams on for whitetails for, for trophy whitetails in Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, and we've got the convention raffle. Chuck, here's a question for you. Um, so our convention raffle, which we're also going to be popping um, Saturday night in Reno. I don't know if it's, I don't know if any, I don't expect either of these raffles to last until we get to Reno. I think they're both going to sell out. If you had to choose. So here's the convention raffle choices. So we'll let you choose. Okay. Option A is you get to hunt Yukon moose with McMillan river adventures. Great trip. Mm -hmm. Option two is you can hunt mountain goat brown bear combination hunt with Peter Barella. Option number three is going to Africa with Motschweer for a lion Cape Buffalo, Sable, Crocodile, Lioness. 
And option number four is going to Rainy Pass Lodge with Steve Perrins and hunting doll sheep, brown bear, caribou, and black bear. Which of those would you choose? Can I go on all of them? <laughs> you get you have to choose one. I'm telling you, there's not a bad one there. I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I've been looking for a, another really big moose for a long time. So option number one, if if if, if you put a, a, a boat in my head, I'd probably pick option number one, but they all are, are right up there. I it's just it, it's I mean, whoever wins that is going to they're going to be so excited and then all of a sudden they're going to be heartbroken because they have to choose from those mm -hmm. four and that is going to yeah. be that's going to be a tough choice i the easiest part you know, is buying your tickets the hardest part yeah. is picking if you win i'm telling you and that that one's going to sell out too uh, both of these raffles will sell out so we're excited about it and that one there's what two hundred thousand dollars worth of hunts on that raffle and it's a hundred dollar ticket so I'd love, I, 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 once again, selfishly, I hope that whoever wins that's in the room, they don't have to be present to win, but you just hope they are. Cause I want to see them sweat when we make them pick on stage. <laughs> and we're going to, the other thing is I think we've got all four of those outfitters coming to convention. Yep. So there are going to be four people sitting in the audience that are like, yeah, which one are you picking? So. One, another thing you guys didn't mention uh, don't you have a pretty large area with booths at, at the convention Out, outfitter yes. booths, outfitter booths and manufacturer booths, correct? We, we do. Thanks uh, for, yeah. thanks for bringing that up. We get, mm -hmm. there's so many exciting things you forget about something. I think we have 104 vendor booths this mm -hmm. year. We have, um, absolute world-class outfitters from all over the world coming in. If you, if you want to hunt Africa, we've got them. If you want to go hunt moose, Yukon moose, if you want to hunt Canada moose, you, pr most of the things that people want to chase, we're going to have. If you want to go hunt tar in New Zealand or red stag in Argentina or water buffalo in Chile, we have those hunts. They're, they're going to be, those outfitters will be with us in Reno. And, and, you know, the other thing is we've got a huge lineup for our auction. We're going to have auctions both Friday and Friday night. And then Saturday during the day is our big auction. And, um, a lot of these trips, very similar trips are available. So if you don't, if you don't win it, you can buy it. If you don't buy it, there's a st still a chance you could win it. So whatever you're looking to chase, and especially if it's with a bow, um, we have some outfitters that, that they do both, but where we really shine is for a, a true bow hunter. If you want, if you want an outfitter who not only understands the difference between outfitting for a rifle and a bow, but accepts and encourages that those are the folks that we have at our convention. And I, th we're going to have, I think we've got about uh 40 or 50 outfitters and, and, you know, dozens of our corporate partners coming in for that. So, Thank you very much for mentioning that. Sometimes sure. we forget that. Absolutely. But, uh, well, I can't wait to see the displays, see our outfitter partners, our corporate partners, and, and just all of our friends and members and, and the folks submitting, submitting trophies. So Chuck, thank you so much for being with us. We, we appreciate what you do 
uh, as an ambassador for hunting and for bow hunting. And you're a fantastic ambassador for Pope and young. And, uh, and as always, we really appreciate what you do for the organization and, and for bow hunting as a whole. Well, thank you guys very much. And, uh, hooray for Pope and young. Absolutely. Thanks so much. You bet. We'll talk soon.